Hello and welcome to Needed Conversations. This is Ryan and Victoria Cole here. Hope you're doing well. Glad you've joined us for today's podcast as we are talking about how to build a family culture. Yes, it's uh, been a lot of great conversations we've had thus far about creating family rhythms and what does that entail and how does that look like? We've talked about uh, joining together with your spouse and including your children in order to establish that culture. So there's a lot of different facets into this conversation, but today is going to be an awesome conversation as we continue talking about those rhythms. That's right. You did such a great job with last week's interview. Yeah, thank um, you. I had a great time. It was good to see you in your element because you absolutely have a passion for creating with your hands. And so gardening, just t- making our house a home is what you're really good at. And so connecting with someone who has a like passion, such as Tamika, it was good to hear uh, what came out of that conversation, especially um, kind of their emphasis on uh, multi-generational households. Mm -hmm. They have an aunt, an elderly aunt living with them. And they've decided to kind of live this unconventional life more so off the grid. But um, they're making food in their garden that takes care of their family and they're getting their kids involved. And I loved especially the emphasis you guys placed on rhythms over routines. Mm -hmm. That was a good point. Yeah, absolutely. Because all of us can get into kind of these perfectionist cycles where we are constantly striving for a goal of being this perfect parent or this perfect spouse. And perfection is never really going to be possible or attainable apart from Christ. Christ is the one who fills in all the gaps and, and brings that perfection to us because he was perfect and sinless and blameless um, on our behalf, you know. But in our lives, I think it's good to have healthy rhythms mm-hmm. in our homes um, that ebb and flow, especially um, if we want to pass on good values to the next generation Mm. and not cause our children to take on this works mentality Mm -hmm. where they feel like that they have to strive to earn love and affection. But yeah, it was such a great conversation. And today we're going to lean into that a little bit more talking about multi-generational households. But before we do that, I want to make a very special announcement that we've been working on a brand new book that we're excited to release to you um, at the end of this week. Um, And uh, we are calling it Spicy. Mm -hmm. And if that sounds familiar to you, podcast listeners, um, that's because we did a whole series on sex and God's design for sex. And now we've expanded that topic and turned it into a book And I'm super proud of it. Are you excited, Victoria? Yeah, it's awesome because, you know, when we broke down the word spicy, the P in that uh, word spicy is procreation. And we've said that it's not necessarily just creating children, although that's what sex was designed for. It's also instilling a specific culture. And so it goes right along with how to build that family rhythm. When you and your spouse are coming together, joining together in a this holy covenant, that sex is so much more than just a physical act. There's a this joining together of this 
uh, one unit where you guys are creating this culture. So that's kind of still goes along with what we're talking today. Absolutely. And you know, this holiday season, um, put a little spice into your marriage, marriage yep. <laughs> by put, uh, picking up a copy of this book. We're releasing it right now in ebook format. So you'll have instant access and we're going to give you um, access to five videos that kind of reinforce these principles in the book, but it's called spicy. We're going to be talking about everything sex related and having biblical um, references to back it up. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking about how sex should be satisfying and pleasurable and nothing is off the table. If you listen to our podcast about this topic, we touched a little bit on some of the explicit things in your sexual relationship with your spouse, but this goes a little bit further. Um, we're getting detailed and we're answering all of the hot button questions about what is appropriate in the bedroom with your spouse and and what isn't appropriate and what does Bible say the Bible say about sex in general and like Victoria said moving beyond just the physical act and creating this deeper level of intimacy with your spouse that carries on in and out of the bedroom and in fact will make for better sex in the bedroom mm -hmm. when you develop this trust and vulnerability and when both of you are focused together on a common mission. So the book is called Spicy. You can find out more information on our website, moremostforever.com. You'll see that link for Spicy um, by the end of this week. And you can download this ebook and, and go through it with your spouse. Yeah, do it together. That's going to be awesome. I know it's a hard topic to talk through or bring up. But this is going to be a great way for both of you kind of to see a different perspective. So that's right. And if you're on YouTube, um, you might notice that this is an audio only <laughs> podcast this week. And that's because our schedules, our rhythm is a little bit out of the norm this week. Victoria is going to help her um, sister and, and brother-in-law. Um, with their new baby in Pennsylvania. So mm -hmm. be praying for her as she's there supporting them. Um, they were in a car accident along with Victoria's other sister. Um, so just continue to pray for their recovery and um, pray for this dad here who will have our two children. Two toddlers. By myself. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to be the three musketeers and we're going to have um, a fun time with yeah. dad. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so this week, um, let's dig a little bit deeper into the topic of building family cultures, especially in light of the holiday season. Thanksgiving and Christmas is right around the corner, if you can believe it. Mm -hmm. Felt like this year has gone by so quick, but it's a good time of the year to remind us uh, uh, of what's really important. And we can be um, drawn into the consumerism as, of it all. But I would encourage you to to step into this season and take a deep breath mm -hmm. and breathe in all of the things that are what are really important. The time with your kids, the opportunity for your kids to be around your extended family and for you to think about things that um, truly make a difference in the world, being grateful for the little blessings that you have. And if you made it through 2020 and 2021, you know, that's something to be grateful for. But, uh, you know, this time of year can be particularly challenging for people as it does place them into 
a family scenarios where they might feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also an opportunity for you to share your values with your extended family members and for you to present those values in a non-judgmental way, but also to challenge those around you and for you to share with those who are in your family who might have uh, something to give to you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be an uncomfortable time. And we're going to talk today about how to set those boundaries and and make sure that Thanksgiving dinner doesn't turn into World War III. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Because it can easily, especially in these divisive times, when political uh, political issues are at the forefront of our mind, inflation is happening, COVID is still uh, an issue, um, vaccine mandates. Everybody has their opinion about the vaccine, and and you know, um, I don't know, Victoria. What what would you say to those who are um, going into this holiday season, and how can they? enjoy their family and not kind of get into the weeds of some of these issues. I think one of the biggest things to remember is uh, that, you know, you can be dealing with a lot of different generations when it comes to family. And so when you come with the perspective that this person was raised in a different um, time, you know, and they have a different perspective because of maybe the time that they were raised in, the people that raised them, it kind of shaped them into the person that they are. Sometimes we approach relationships, um, it's either all or nothing. It's either our way or nothing. And so we have to learn to be flexible while also making sure that you, you know, show what your standard is as well. And and don't compromise your values. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And there are people that are not going to be satisfied regardless of how you do it, what you do. You know, maybe they're dealing with um, personal issues. They wouldn't admit that they are dealing with personal issues, but they are. And I think giving them grace, but also making sure that you, like Ryan said, don't compromise your values and your personal peace. You know, it's just... Let's try to keep things at peace. If you know certain topic, topics are very touchy, if you've tried to bring those up, I right. wouldn't try to have conversations unless they're the ones who bring it up and they want to have a peaceful conversations about it. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, at Thanksgiving where, like you said, a lot of the politics can come up and some people may sit there and feel judged because they may think completely differently, you know, or have a different perception of it. I think we just have to come with a with a an understanding that everybody has been raised in a different way and from a different time and so they all bring some kind of a perspective to the table. You know, we're all individually and uniquely made. There's a reason, you know, why God has put these people in your life. Maybe it is to serve them, maybe it is to pray for them, maybe it is to, you know, have somebody that will also support you and help you. I mean, we have some family members that way too. And um, there's definitely this exchange that happens when you have those healthy relationships. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I would say. You know, context is really everything. And like you said, people who are raised in different time periods have a different view of the world than, than younger people. And I think humility is a cloak that you can wear. Mm-hmm. to um, these events with your family members and learn to listen more than you talk and really try to understand perspectives that are different than yours and then even be open to gaining wisdom from that conversation. I think that 
kind of the worst thing that we can do for ourselves, especially in these kind of divisive times, is to get in our own echo chambers Mm -hmm. and have repeated back to us what we already seem to believe, right? Mm -hmm. I make it a habit, and Victoria probably doesn't like it as much as, you know, I do, but I make it a habit to constantly listen to positions that I adamantly disagree with. Mm-hmm. It's only able to strengthen my personal resolve and maybe it'll it'll help me to be more compassionate about the other side or help me to um, strengthen my my argument for what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I believe that there's a, a parable that says, you know, in, in order to truly understand your culture, you have to step outside of it. Mm. Um, I think that one of the most important uh, parts of my development was at 15 years old, going on a missions trip and stepping outside of my own culture. And I went to Brazil and then uh, I was, you know, hooked on, you know, in engaging with other cultures. I loved the language, the perspective. I loved the, the, the different behaviors and, and, and why people were the way that they are. I got really interested in the psychology of it, traveled to South America, Central America, different countries in Africa. I went to the Middle East and we've been to Europe. And so we have been well-versed. I married into a European family. My wife is Ukrainian. And so I think that that has strengthened my perspective and my values as a person. And if you are constantly listening to the same news sources and constantly listening um, to the opinions that just mirror your own, you're not strengthening yourself. You're not growing intellectually. And it's not about, you know, engaging in arguments, but it's about having meaningful discussion. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's just making sure that, you know, you listen and you put your input, but you're careful as to how to approach it, you know, with specific people. Um, You know, maybe you've had before conversations that were, uh, that kind of became aggressive. So maybe stepping into this year, just saying, hey, I'm going to be careful how I address this and be compassionate and be more understanding Uh, and maybe try to see from their perspective, you know, some people you just... They are a little bit more outgoing, more extrovert, and they are going to be loud. And sometimes they get in your face and sometimes they don't care who whose opinion, you know, or you're telling them your opinion and they're like, no, I'm right. You know, and that can be very aggressive. But I think just being quiet, you know, and not really trying to engage in those arguments um, with them, you know what you believe that shouldn't shake you from what you personally believe and what you want your family to be uh, a part of yeah, or the culture you want to create. I saw um, a a photojournalist and and I'll try to look up her name, uh, but she uh, put together a a book during COVID. So she's a photographer who's also a journalist, but she um, does human stories, right? And she decided that in the midst of the pandemic, she would focus on a project that really highlighted her family. Mm. She lives in New York City and she has more um, liberal liberal views politically and even socially. Um, I'm not sure if she was raised in, in New York or not. Um, I don't think so from what I remember. But what I know is that her parents and her, you know, other immediate family were avid Trump supporters and mm. they 
are very, you know, conservative leaning with their views, which was completely different from hers. And she decided, you know, to photograph her family and, you know, their Trump signs and kind of the, the capturing the essence of who they were, not just their support of Trump, because I think that's limited in time and space, but just their whole uh, worldview and how they lived their lives. And, and she talked about, you know, her family and how some of the conversations would be uncomfortable. And, um, you know, she did not like Trump. And she showed up in 2020, I think it was, at um, Christmas dinner. And uh, she had a napkin that was inscribed, you know, they were Trump napkins, essentially. Mm, So her entire placemat was everything, you know, politically that she disagreed with. But she talked about the love and the care that she had for her family and them for her. And she said in the middle of the pandemic, she can remember when everybody was on lockdown and she was kind of experiencing this low, this mental low. And it was her birthday. And she heard a knock on the glass of her doors leading outside. And uh, lo and behold, there were her parents standing there. They had driven for hours um, and they didn't want to, you know, try to impose themselves upon her. They stayed behind the glass, but there they were just for a few moments to say, I love you and I care. And, um, you know, when it comes down to it, that's what family is there for. We Mm -hmm. might have differing opinions on a lot of things, but when it comes down to it, we're more alike than we are different. And I think remembering that is important that, you know, we're not enemies. We are living on this planet at the same time. Mm-hmm. When we talk about different generations, I think that that in some ways has further divided us. You know, you talk about the baby boomers and Generation X and millennials and Generation Z and Alpha. And everybody's got this category and we try to stigmatize or label people based on, you know, their generation that they were born in. But a generation, as it you know, is spoken of, even in the Bible, is anyone living at the same time together. Mm. And though we have age gaps, for sure, we have different experiences because of that. You know, we're both living at the same time, dealing with the same problems, mm-hmm. maybe in different ways. But it's important that you don't isolate yourself from your family, even if you have different opinions, but you engage and you 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 stay involved in their lives. And you know what? To be honest, these are the people that are going to show up when you have a flat tire. Mm-hmm. And although they might not agree with you with certain things, they're going to be there for you. Now, you may have a family that is not that way. You may have a completely toxic family situation. And, you know, do your best to keep the peace. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. And and that means curbing your, temp, uh, your temper and, and biting your tongue and being slow to speak and quick to listen and slow to wrath and all of these things that the Bible talks about. Even when you feel like wrath is warranted, and maybe you grew up in, in um, you know, a toxic household, emotionally abusive or even physically abusive. And having to confront those people during the holidays gives you anxiety. Well, God will give you peace that passes all understanding. Let the Holy Spirit be your guide this holiday season. And you know what? If you are... are um, 
in a place in your life where you don't want to confront those people, you don't have to show up. Yeah. And and no nobody um nobody has the right to demand your presence, right? And relationships, no matter if they are blood, the trust has to be earned. Yeah. Right. So don't allow people to manipulate you or try to coerce you into situations where you feel like that um, you're going to be overpowered or potentially put into an abusive or harmful situation. So protect yourself, protect your family. And you know what? There are some people who have the privilege of, you know, carrying on the legacy and the blessing from a former generation. But then there are some people who are the first in their family, the curse breakers, the curse breakers to stop the the negative cycles. And you may be that person. Yeah, I think the plan of the uh, of, of God is to create expansion. We've talked about this, you know, in our series for, you know, spicy series where it's procreation, where um, he doesn't want every generation to start over and over and over again. He wants us to be able to pass on the baton and allow our children to step on our shoulders. I mean, every good parent, um, you know, wants to push their child forward and get them to a place where they are farther than where they were. I know Mm. that's my desire. I know that's your desire. I know that's my parents' desire. And I've struggled to understand that quite a bit, even like with my dad, because I've struggled with my relationship with him and understanding his ways. But I think it wasn't until later that I started understanding his viewpoint of life and how he was shaped by what he went through. Right. That gave me a, a lot of grace for things that he may have been lacking in. And, um, you know, I, I I know that that my dad did the best he could with what he was given. And he has pushed me beyond what he could have offered me Mm -hmm. and so i'm grateful for that and that's what i want to do for my kids you know and a lot of times we want to say well you know if you would have been in the place where i am and um you know i've struggled when i was little and you know i i didn't have this and i didn't have that instead of shoving that to your kids you can say I did struggle with this and I didn't have all these things, but I want to, I want you to have the best and I want to push you forward and I don't want you to start over. Mm -hmm. So I think you, you and I are both uh, similar in that we kind of stand in between, right? Both of our parents did not have the best of childhoods, Yeah, you know, experienced a lot of trauma and, you know, for all, for, by all accounts, they, broke a lot of curses. Yes, they did. Um, But that doesn't mean our childhood was perfect because I think that they were bearing such a weight from the, from the previous generation that it wasn't in their capacity to break all of the curses. Mm -hmm. And so some of the curses still remained Mm -hmm. and, and maybe even just residue from some of those curses. And we had to have experienced some challenges in our childhood but now we are taking it to the next level and we are finishing the work that our parents started and 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 finalizing that that breaking of these cycles and curses and to be honest our children are not going to have to deal with them hopefully mm-hmm. you yeah. know um but you i'm not sure where you fall in line here you might have had the most horrible 
of childhoods. Well, you can be the beginning. Every family, there is a deliverer that God raises up. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could be that one that could stop the cycle. And you may not be able to do it all, but you can set your children up to be able to continue that work of destroying the negative cycles and generating generational blessings that will be passed. And and you'll be known. You know, my father and I didn't have the most perfect of relationships growing up, but he started the work of, you know, transforming his bloodline. And now we have a great relationship, a really trusted relationship. And me and my son have... A, a kind of a bond that my father and I probably weren't able to have mm-hmm. when I was my son's age at three and four years old, because my dad was dealing with so much. He didn't know how to be a father, Yeah, but I know how to be a father, mm-hmm. not only because my dad um, showed me what it meant to kind of overcome the odds, but you know, I became a believer at a young, young age, which was the best gift that my parents could give me. And I've been given the example of a heavenly father. I'm not saying that I'm a perfect father, but I'm saying that I'm now living in a generation um, where my son is going to be set up for success. I believe so. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I would say the same thing. You know, the things that my dad couldn't pass to me, I feel like God has put purposely people that were older in my path to give me wisdom and give me advice. And they've influenced me more than they probably even know because they're, they have given me things and wisdom that my dad just didn't have the capacity to pass on to me. And so I really do appreciate, you know, the older generation just gleaning from them and allowing me to learn from their wisdom. So I didn't have to learn by making mistakes along the way, just stumbling through. So I'm very grateful for it. And we need we need the older generation because they do Mm -hmm. have the wisdom. I think oftentimes we can kind of set them aside and you know, oh, well, they don't understand because we're in the living in the different t- times. Their time is up. Yeah. You know? Well, their time is up or they have never experienced what we have experienced. But the truth is that there's nothing new under the sun. It may appear to be different. Um, and although, you know, maybe technology progresses or whatever it is, your parents have dealt with a lot more or, you know, your family has dealt with a lot more than you think they have Mm -hmm. just sit down and listen to their stories you know you'd be so amazed and so inspired by the faith that they have and how much they have had to overcome years Mm -hmm. you know of struggle and you know political uprisings and all kinds of things so i think it's important for us to involve our children and allow them to be partakers of all kinds of generations and Mm -hmm. see our relationships with you know, different generation age groups, whether they that be younger, you know, than us or older than us, where they can see those healthy relationships and those healthy boundaries yeah. uh, being built so that they can establish those relationships as well. And I'm seeing this a lot, you know, this return to multi-generational households, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a bad idea, you know. I think that a lot of times when we talk about people earning a living wage and how much people have to earn to even survive, well, that's only taking into consideration 
you know, if a person is living and paying bills by themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, but if, you know, imagine having a household where there are two or three generations at work at the same time and sharing the load of the household and sharing the load of the financial responsibility and, and then also, you know, exchanging wisdom, you know, uh, things that, you know, it's interesting, um, it's interesting that we are living in a time which we have not experienced since the early biblical days. And, and mm-hmm. let me explain what I'm saying. Um, the life expectancy of people a few hundred years ago was not what it is today. And we have gotten to the place where we ha- we are able to live longer. There is medical intervention. There is more comforts in this life, especially if you live in a developed country, that enable you to live 70, 80, even up to 100 years old. My parents, uh, you know, manage retirement communities, and they have m- s- many, many people, 100 plus in their communities. And so this kind of gives us a more interesting dynamic that we have to deal with, which is multiple generation at work at the same time. Mm -hmm. You have people who are 60 and 70 who are still working, and that's not even old. They have strength and vitality, working with 50 and 40-year-olds, working with 30 and 20-year-olds, and and then you have teenagers coming up. So you have, you know, almost four generations at Mm -hmm. work at the same time. There can either be the spirit of competition and the older generation don't want to let the next generation come up. And there can also be the younger generations, you know, looking towards the older people saying, you know, you have nothing left to offer when instead we should be partnering one with one another and leveraging that generational wisdom. This is not something we've had access to since the early biblical times. Imagine Adam lived, I believe it was eight or 900 and something years old. Mm, that's so old. imagine how many generations you're talking about, maybe 20 to 30 generations living at the same time, working at the same time. And two a hundred years old didn't look like a hundred years old today. Mm-hmm. And that carried on for multiple generations. You're talking about Abraham lived to be an old man. By, by, especially in our times, you know, he didn't have Isaac until he was a um, hundred and something, you know, I don't have all my numbers correct, but they were old, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Sarah was like 90 something. She laughed when God said, you're going to have a baby, but she did. And, um, you know, the biblical account shows us, listen to this, that Isaac was around 30 to 40 years old when Abraham took him up to the mountain to sacrifice him on the altar. That's crazy. The story where we hear God is Jehovah Jireh, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's fascinating. It's like Abraham carried Isaac, a 30 year old man, and he's a hundred and something. So that speaks to the vitality of that generation. You know, Um, he wasn't as old and decrepit as we would assume he might be. Given our modern context. We're thinking of like a zombie. (laughs) But, you know, having multi-generational perspectives is a gift. And here's the challenge that I want to give to you as well, especially if there's no one in your family that you feel you can look up to. Maybe you are the one breaking the curses. Here's kind of what I don't want you to do, which is stay in the echo chamber of people who look and sound like you, who are the same age as you. You have to find 
trusted mentors Mm -hmm. so that you can glean from the wisdom of the previous generation. Listen, Victoria and I, we have a good relationship with our parents. Thank God. But we also don't let it stop there. We Mm -hmm. have a lot of older people that we look to. Our marriage mentors are 70 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, and we've spent time with them. We have people that we've pastored. Yes, we've, you know, we've been called their pastor in their 60s and 70s years old. And they look to us for certain ministry, but we're gleaning from them as well, right? Absolutely. That multi-generational exchange, you know? Mm -hmm. And it is an exchange. It's not like I'm, oh, I'm all-knowing. And, um, you know, but I feel like the younger generation can teach the older generation, you know, all the things that is going on in this world right now. And the older generation can give us the wisdom so that we don't feel like we have to start over. And I think what a lot of the young people are looking for is a chance. I think that um, so for so long we have separated you know, and segmented all these age groups into little compartments that there is the spirit of competition. There's like, oh, well, this person will come and take my spot, you know, or take my job. And now I'm not going to have anything to show for it. But that's not the way God made it. God made it to where our relationship should be mutual. And there should be an exchange uh, of an exchange of ideas, an exchange of wisdom, an exchange of support, um, and encouragement from one another. And I think that we need the wisdom of the elderly, and we need the strength and the vitality of the younger generation. How much more can we do when we do partner together? Yeah. You know? And think of this, like the mentality kind of in our world, and we're from the United States of America, but the idea of having your mother-in-law live with you or your father-in-law, for a lot of people, that's a turnoff, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want my space invaded. We have this independent mentality that needs to be broken. We need to think about how we can better team up and collaborate with multiple generations. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes that might not work, uh, you know, if you have a contentious sort of relationship with your in-laws or your parents and, you know, so you have to know your boundaries, but there is also a benefit of humbling yourself and saying, this isn't about my life and and kind of what I want to do and the environment I want to have, but this is how well I can, you know, engage in this community, even if it makes me a little bit uncomfortable in certain areas, you know? And here's what I want to say too, to those who have a gap with a parent or a grandparent, and you're missing that father or mother or those leaders in your life. God will always, if you are willing, send a gap filler. Mm -hmm. One of the most beautiful things that I stumbled upon recently was kind of just tracing through the relationship between Paul in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, Mm -hmm. and who he called his spiritual son, Timothy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at one point in the scripture, Paul is speaking over Timothy And he refers to the generational blessings that were passed down from his grandmother, Eunice, and I think his mother's name was Lois, and then to him. What's very fascinating is that there's no mention of any male blessing Mm -hmm. that was passed. And if there was, I would assume that Paul would have mentioned that as well. But there were some strong females in his life, but there was an obvious male gap Mm -hmm. that was missing. 
And God called Paul to fill that gap in the life of Timothy. And Paul laid his hands on Timothy. He affirmed him. He spoke into him. And even though he wasn't his flesh and blood, right, he became a father to Timothy Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, told Timothy, don't despise your youth, but be an example to the believer. You know, no matter your age, right, you can inspire generations. Then he told Timothy, he said, don't forget, even when I'm not here, stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. And I watched this beautiful father and son relationship, and I'm so encouraged that God is a gap filler. If you are fatherless or even motherless and you need mentors, just ask God and humble yourself and and don't allow the bitterness from those voids to cause you to put up barriers where you don't believe or trust or listen to an older generation and you've lost respect for an older generation. And you know what? Maybe that's why your family dinners and holiday times are kind of contentious. Yeah. Maybe you're viewing your parents in light of how they were when you were a teenager or when you were a child and what they didn't do. But maybe your parents have changed. Maybe they've grown up. Maybe they've had the opportunity to confront some of the the demons in in their bloodline. And maybe it's time to re-engage some of these relationships. And then Let your heart be open for God to bring someone in who you can glean from. They don't have to be smarter than you. They don't have to be more spiritual than you. We automatically think that a a spiritual father or mother or a mentor has to be bigger and greater than us. But what what we really should be looking for is someone who is consistent, Mm -hmm. who has strong values and morals, has integrity, right? Mm -hmm. And has a wedge of wisdom, remember that, has a wedge of wisdom to deposit into you. They might be wrong about a lot of things, but they've got this wedge of wisdom that they can deposit into you. And that'll transform everything. That missing piece, that missing link, they can be that for you. Yeah, I would say the same thing, you know, have your eyes and your ears open. And I know personally for us that some of the best conversations that we've had brought us so much healing and it was like a one-time thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like people, I think those people don't even realize how significant of an impact uh, they made on our lives just by, you know, showing up at the moments that we needed. And it was God, it was God bringing those people and it was us making sure that we were listening and we were, and we were so blessed by it. So I think what we see right now is we don't take those kind of relationships for granted because you don't know what people are going through. And so um, just being open-minded and allowing God to work in a way that you, it it may not be the way that you want it to look like, but it's going to be everything you need and even more. You you'll see if you open up your heart, God will speak in really great ways. And it doesn't have to be a physical person. It it could actually be somebody that you hear on the radio or Mm -hmm. somebody that you glean from a distance. Uh, You may never even meet them, but maybe a word of encouragement, uh, encouragement from them. Listen, God will come through. Um, So don't feel like you're alone in the in those moments. Yeah, this is such an important conversation. And we hope that that, you know, 
gives you a new perspective as you're stepping into this holiday season. And and I want to encourage you to um, support our ministry as we're endeavoring to create resources that bring generations together, that, that heal marriages, that strengthen family bonds, and create these generational blessings that can be passed from one generation to another. Would you support our ministry by giving a one-time gift? Or maybe you can become a monthly partner. You can give any amount, $10 a month, $25, or maybe you can do more. Maybe God has blessed your business. If you're looking for some place to give at the end of this year, um, consider our nonprofit ministry, Empowered Culture Ministries. Visit RyanColeEmpowerment.com and make a donation right now. As soon as this podcast is over, you are helping to support uh, Victoria and I and the resources that we have coming, everything from new books to um, courses to uh, retreats for married couples and ministry events. We have so much coming. If you're subscribed to our email list, you've heard about a marriage revival tour that we're putting together and you know uh, these single pop-up events for for single people and 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 all these different um, opportunities for you to be empowered but we can't do it without your support so go right now to ryancoleempowerment.com and make your donation yeah thanks for partnering with us as we further the work of the kingdom and we are speaking life into family that is being under attack in this time and mm. this age. And this is why we are so passionate about talking about family and about marriage and about building those right relationships from the start so that we can build a strong foundation and really experience God's blessing, which is family, which is in the, in the works or in the confines of a covenant. That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening right now, YouTube, Apple, Spotify. And while you're there, give us a review, leave a comment if you're on YouTube and share this with a friend, somebody that you know might need a little bit of encouragement. You know, every single year when the holidays come around, they get a little bit more anxious. They know they're going to be around family. It's going to be uncomfortable. Share this podcast with them. I'm sure it will be an encouragement. Give them some strategies to approach that family situation a little bit different this year. But you've been listening to Needed Conversations. This is Ryan and Victoria, and we'll see you next week. Yes, be blessed.